0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We're your hosts, Amy, Rachel, and Molly, and today we're going to be talking about the Fearless Vault Songs. Today we're going to be talking about the Fearless Vault Songs. Now, Taylor added six new songs when she re-released Fearless Taylor's version and they were four which were already in circulation, which means that some fans had already heard them. One of the songs had been leaked to the inner circle and one of the songs had never been heard before. So we're gonna go through them and compare them with maybe the demos and what we think of the production, the writing style. So we'll start at the beginning and start with you all over me. So Molly, how do you feel about the re-recording in comparison to the demo?
1: So You All Over Me was leaked in 2017. It became um, widely heard. I'm pretty sure the IC had it before that, right?
0: Yes, I think so.
1: Yeah, Um, it was one of my favorite unreleased songs, I think. I think it's possibly the most similar in terms of comparing the demo version to the released version. Lyrically, I don't think there's any
0: changes. I think there are a couple of, like, very, very tiny changes and literally just omitting one word.
2: There was that one tiny lyric change, if we want to talk about that.
0: Mm -hmm. Which was the one tiny
2: one? It was lit. Honestly, it was barely noticeable. But it was, like, at the start of verse two, it was, like, I guess the worst day of June was the one where I met you. She changed it to the best and worst day of June was the one where I met you. Oh, yeah. See, this is interesting.
0: Because... I was listening to the original demo the other day and mm-hmm. I can actually hear the best and worst day of June. I don't oh, know really? whether we have been misinterpreting it the entire time.
2: Oh, I like that theory though. I like, I honestly, I do think, I guess the worst day of June was the one where I met you. It runs a lot smoother. The best and worst day, it's kind of like you have to take an extra breath to do it. But, yeah, um, I, I, like, I definitely agree. I like the but double entendre of it.
0: I disagree. I quite like The Best and Worst Day of June. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, it's got like a contradiction in there. So that was written in 2005. It was co write with Scooter Carose. One thing I do, I really love that Marin has some vocals on it, even though they are, they are barely noticeable. But I think that if you're familiar with her voice and her music, you can, you can hear her. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really good addition to the song. But at the same time, I feel like with the original demo, it is just a lot purer, just having Taylor's
2: voice on there. I think when the original demo was leaked, everybody assumed that it was recorded for the debut album, which is interesting because the copyright file for it was registered back in 2005. So we know that it was originally intended for for the debut album, it actually wasn't. That's why her voice on the original demo does sound so young, so sincerely young. She's a 15 year old girl singing this. And I found it really interesting that along with You All Over Me, was it four other of the tracks on the vault tracks, um, on, the, on the Fearless Vault, she decided to use, were actually also registered in 2005. They're very, very old songs. And although she says, like, these are songs I wrote in 17, 18, she wrote them ages ago. She probably doesn't check her own copyright files, let's be <laughs> honest. She always says things like, oh, I wrote this song, When I was 12, then you go back and check it in, in a newspaper article when she was 14. She says, I wrote this last week. Like it's natural to make mistakes like that. But I just thought it was really interesting how when she went back and to use what she said, her quote unquote dreamscape of Fearless actually ended up being predominantly songs she wrote way before the debut album even came out. I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I always expected we were happy to be part of debut, if anything. Mm. So it is really interesting that, like you say, four of them were essentially written for debut, or not necessarily for debut, but in the debut era. Mr. Perfectly Fine. Mm,
2: Oh, now this one was interesting because we had literally never heard this. I don't even believe that IC had this one. I did not
0: have this one.
2: Steve was shaking in his boots. Steve was on a stretcher.
0: I was so excited to hear this one because I've been looking at the title on the Inner Circle website for literally years and I've been mm. thinking this is going to be such a good song, but no one's heard it. So I I was on the phone with Molly when we were decoding the like what was going to be on the vault songs and when we realised it was that, I fully freaked out.
2: For some reason, I remember when she released that vault clue. Now, I did my predictions like way back in February when the Fearless Vault was announced. And I think I got two of them correct. I think I got the one thing obviously at a title change and we were happy. But when I saw the vault come out, I was in the middle of work and I just freaked out. Like I didn't have the opportunity of time to like go through the um, like the codes and everyone was tweeting me like we want the Taylor trivia prediction. And so I just listened to it backwards and somehow I heard by the way and writing songs about you. So my predictions ended up completely flopping with that one. Don't know where that came from.
1: I see the similarity between don't you and by the way.
2: Thank you. Definitely. I
0: thought the same thing. Yeah that, yeah, that was exactly what I thought as well. It's I mean, something I've like always I always that. I didn't that. mean
2: to stare. It's like I had to catch my breath when I saw you there across the room. Like it just sounds like she but could have changed the lyrics. Yes. Melodically
0: they're quite similar.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: I do. I do feel like they were probably written about the same situational fictional situation because they were just too similar to ignore the similarities. That does and not the make time sense. Frame.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. The time frame, definitely. And um, um, no, and at the end of it, where she's like, "I'm sure she'll make you happy," just the way it was sang. I really heard, "Don't you know I'm trying to hate you?" And I yeah. was like. Oh, Writing songs about you and that that is widely believed to be a fearless one but that said it's probably going to come out and debut now
0: okay um Go on. Go on. i think we somehow transitioned from mr perfectly fine to don't you <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is gonna anyway, happen a lot
0: so um back to mr perfectly fine i would kill for the original demo
2: mm, like yeah. literally
0: to hear the 2009 vocals maybe a bit more fiddle a bit more of like the nathan chapman produced Record on it, I would absolutely kill to hear that. I know it's very (laughs) unrealistic. I heard a couple of people saying that it was going around in circulation, but I haven't seen any reputable rumors about that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not sure it's going to leak.
2: I thought it was interesting how that one was a very, very late contender. It might even have been an original contender for Fearless Platinum because it was only registered copyright wise in 2009, which, as we all know, is what is it, five, six weeks, seven weeks after. Fearless came out. So it's a very, very either early, early, early Speak Now demo, which interestingly is what the IC has written in their descriptions and they've never heard it, but it's rumoured to be a Speak Now demo because of when it was written or before the full idea for Fearless Platinum had formed. Um, that's what it was going to go on. But I suppose with the Fearless vault, because Fearless Platinum already was released in 2009 and contains the majority of the rejects for that album, it was kind of slim pickings for the vault songs that's probably why a lot of them are a lot older because you've got tracks like The Other Side of the Door, Come In With the Rain, Superstar, Jump Then Fall like that were all written in that 2006 to 2008 time period already.
0: Yeah that's really interesting it's almost like we've got two vaults of Fearless like with the platinum release.
2: I love that yeah. (laughs)
0: but um i wonder what it would have been like if they had if she had chosen to put mr perfectly fine on speak now whether it, it, do you think it would fit sonically
2: speak now it kind of it's it definitely like evolved there's a lot of tracks that were written the majority of speak now was written in 2010 there's only a couple songs that were written anywhere earlier than that so i'm guessing it really was a strong contender for it because it does have that almost better than revenge kind of production too because it was
0: also a solo right wasn't it
2: mr perfectly yeah, fine yeah it was yeah was it i wasn't sure about yeah. that one
0: i think That's as far as as far as any of the information that we have goes I mm. think it was.
2: but no i can definitely see it fitting in with um speak now it's very like it's almost power pop with like a sprinkle of whatever sub genre like orchestral or country or like a little bit of punk or like bluegrass it's like that it, it definitely has that um that strength to it mr perfectly fine does definitely
1: more pop than the majority of fearless when I first mm-hmm. heard it, I thought this possibly fits better on Speak Now than it does Fearless, which makes sense based on when it was written. So yeah,
2: I would agree. You can almost see it like right between Better Than Revenge and Haunted. Like if you just knocked out Innocent or something, Mr. Perfectly Fine would like slot in with that tempo.
0: You can't Don't knock, you out dare knock out Innocent. I'm Today. not saying knock it out. Oh my gosh. I'm just
2: if we rework the track list, that would be there. <laughs> I mean, when I could, I could give you a whole podcast on innocent, but that's for another episode. That will that, that will, that a will happen a little yeah. bit later. Okay, so <laughs> if
0: we move on to maybe one of the most iconic unreleased songs, or I suppose we can't really call it unreleased anymore, but we were happy. I mean, that has been maybe one of everybody's favorite unreleased songs for a really, really long time. Um, so what do you think of it having a new life?
2: I've been calling We Were Happy the original All Too Well on my platforms for a number of years now because it really is that. Honestly, I kind of think it is a bit more gut-wrenching than, than All Too Well because it's like we were happy. like We were so good together and we really loved each other and we we could still be now, but we're just not. And I love the line about sneaking into the circus and when she says, like, we used to watch the sun go down on the boats in the water, you can just... You can really relate to where she was in her life at 15 like living by the lake like and having the her first boyfriend is so clear. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's what i love about it and when it like switches up in the last chorus and changes to laugh in the dark talking about your daddy's farm and you were gonna marry me and we were happy that gets me
0: yeah i get i get that yeah. completely i was listening me. to the original and comparing it with mm-hmm. the re-release and i just made a couple of notes and i was just thinking that the original sounds a lot more authentic in terms mm-hmm. of it really sounds like she means it. While as as much as I do love the vocals on the re-release, I just feel yeah. like it's not quite as in the moment. If that of makes course, sense, yeah.
2: There's a mo- there's an emotional disconnect of about sixteen years on there, which exactly. is natural, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I also thought that the chorus from the demos is a lot more kind of boppy mm-hmm. than the re-records and I always I loved kind of the juxtaposition of how it was such a sad song but on the chorus you were like just bopping along
2: definitely it's one of those songs that it could have been produced a number of different ways um it's a little bit it's, it's a little bit um what's the word it's not as produced on the vault as it is on the unreleased demo but then I my Favorite one actually is the most underproduced one of all. It's the um the piano demo. I think that one's absolutely beautiful, and that's my favorite version of it altogether. But I do think that song definitely could have had a sort of Back to December like orchestral pop production. Yeah, definitely. I think it would have really yeah. benefited from that. And if she ever wants to do a a rework or a tall performance of that, that would be cool.
0: That would be very cool. So Molly, what do you think of Keith Urban's harmonies on it? Do you think they were needed or did they add anything to it?
1: I like the addition. They're, they're subtle enough that you don't notice them unless you're looking for them. And it's it's a, I, I like that she's put Keith Urban on this album. Too, I like I think. that. I like that she's added some collabs and she's got more freedom with the vault songs to do whatever she wants with them. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, obviously that's when he features on much more prominently. Um, yeah, which is I love. That's when is possibly one of my favourite vault songs, or definitely climbing up the list. It was never one of my favourite unreleased songs, but
0: mm, but I yeah, love I it. That. So yeah. segueing onto that, when how do we feel about the change of perspective?
2: I'm still like old habits die hard. I do still automatically sing it the original way, but I thought it's definitely an interesting perspective to sing it from and it really benefits from having that duet capacity which you don't get on the demo which like Molly said I think that's why for a lot of people it wasn't their favorite just out of all the unreleased songs yet when it comes under the vault you're like whoa like this song has been transformed and from the Keith Urban standpoint how great is it that she was touring with him on his what was it Escape the World Together tour yeah she was like doing mini shows of her Fearless tour opening up for him and now all these years later he's come back and he's he's doing things for her on her fearless album these are the songs that she wanted to go on the album that didn't make it and now he's on that i know i completely agree
0: and i'm going to i'm going to
2: say it the thing
0: that bothers me is when like the more recent Swifties who haven't been there since like the Keith Urban Feelers tour days, when they kind of say, who is he? And like, he's just a yee-haw flop. And like, oh, and I haven't seen anyone like say that. why why do you feel the need? Like clearly Taylor respects him enough yeah. and has mm-hmm. holds him in such high esteem that she wants to feature him on two of these songs. So I feel like the least we can do as fans mm-hmm. is appreciate, what she sees in
2: him like I think he's an amazing Definitely. artist oh, um, absolutely but Pop it just car. It really bothers me yeah I I almost thought it was quite sweet like the nod to Keith Urban it's like a nod to where you came from but then with Maren's feature on it it's almost like she could see herself in Maren and as like an upcoming she's not upcoming anymore she's pretty big but you know what I mean like she was probably of a similar status to Taylor was in her fearless days now just to like give her a helping hand give her a stepping stone and a leg up that's yeah. that's how I personally interpret it at least anyway
0: and I also want to say Marin is an absolute sweetheart I met her on her girl tour the other year and really? she is just an angel from those songs we then transition into don't you which we've already kind of covered a little bit by accident um but this is the song that the inner circle had but no one else had heard so um how do we feel about the production. I know a lot of people have said it has synth pop tendencies and the original demo was a piano-based demo. Yeah. So how do we feel mm-hmm. about that? I can tell Molly has a lot of feelings. <laughs>
1: I would kill to hear that piano demo. It's one of my favourites now, but it took a long time to grow on me. Just because yes. It felt like such a a clash from the typical kind of fearless sound that we're used to. No, you can tell it's produced by Jack Antonoff. Definitely. 100%. Mm -mm. it's very clear and it's somewhere between it fits either on 1989 or actually folklore I heard a little bit of yes or I've heard a little bit of recently but the lyrics are very young Taylor like you can tell lyrically that it's an older song
2: I would kind of place it somewhere between Mirable and her cover of September like it's just a little bit dancey synth poppy that's where the production falls for me and like you said to hear the original demo of this where it's envisioned to be on a pure country Spill over to pop album would be so interesting and we don't know whether or not spleen. she changed the lyrics she yeah. i would give my spleen okay <laughs> <laughs> i think she did an interview i was actually going to post it on um my instagram today at some point but i she did an interview where she said she just changed one or two lines things like yeah. that i don't think she went on to the other songs that she changed so we can i guess assume that there's no major lyric changes on it but we don't know Yeah,
0: I feel like with her mentioning in an interview that there were some lyric changes, I feel like there will probably be quite a significant change, maybe? I don't know, considering that we haven't heard the original, but I'm very curious what the original lyrics would be and how much she has
2: changed. Just hang tight because Steve from the IC will write an entire post gloating about how he's heard three words that we haven't. So we can figure it out from that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we we
0: are going to have a whole other episode on Steve and what the inner circle is. So bear (laughs) with us. That might take us a little while because we have an awful lot of feelings about it. Finally, we have maybe, in my opinion, the most controversial, which is Mm. Bye Bye Baby, Or as I continue to call it the one thing, I refuse to call it anything else because this has been my favourite unreleased song since I heard it and I just won't accept any change. My brain can't comprehend that the chorus has changed. I can't
1: sing it the new way.
2: Interestingly, I put out a um, post about it about sometime last week on my Instagram and everybody, the majority of people commented that they preferred Bye Bye Baby to the one thing. So I don't know if that's, I don't want to say, a generational thing, like, only 90s kids remember the one thing? That would be a great meme. But um, people like it as they first heard it, I think. Um, But also, you know how Taylor always says that she gets lyrics from like, the Notes app? She always writes lyrics on her yeah. phone, stores it on the Notes app and that's how she got a lot of like New Year's Day and songs like that, Blank Space. I really feel like You Took Me Home But You Just Couldn't Keep Me was a line from that, that notepad mm-hmm. app, potentially, and she really needed to change the title from The One Thing because she already has The One, which has been such a big hit from folklore that's been besides cardigan i think it's been the top played hasn't it Mm. so i think that was a massive force behind changing the lyrics and the title
0: yeah that's definitely interesting do you think when do you think the lyric changes were made do you think they were recent or were they maybe more 2008 9
2: just in my gut i think they were very recent
0: i agree with you yeah
2: Mm -hmm. i would love to
0: conflicted on this
2: (laughs) how come (laughs)
1: Because she did an interview recently and she was talking about lyric changes and she mentioned I think that's when and don't you I want to say and half of me is like, if she changed the entire title of a song, that seems like the obvious one to mention. Mm. But then at the same time, you're right in that the one thing and the one sound very similar and it would make sense to change it then or yeah. more recently so that there's not that confusion
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense i would love to know what liz rose thinks of oh. the changes because she she co-wrote the original one thing with taylor and um i want to i was i'm really curious as to whether she has been consulted on the changes whether who thought of them kind of we that should ask her
2: i'll message her
0: i mean if you get a reply i will i, will... <laughs> I love that that's not a joke <laughs> I'll just message her. She loves me.
2: <laughs> a lot of people, if you reach out to them, a lot of them, not all of them, as we know, but a lot of them, they re- they're they really proud that they worked with her, especially like in, in her younger days. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they definitely. will... You'll just ask one very small question and yeah, they'll tell you like reams and reams of information that you didn't even think to ask for. I think it's very authentically fearless to have the Liz Rose co-writes on the, on the vault.
0: Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I just, all I want in my life is for Taylor to go back to writing with Liz Rose. I just adore that to woman.
2: imagine. Yeah they make magic together they really 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 do really that do. was a, that was truly an era and that's probably why almost like subliminally all too well is such a fan favorite because it does have that older style of writing i
0: definitely that- agree there that is all we've got time for today but we will be back again next week with an episode all about taylor's unreleased song permanent marker don't forget to follow us on instagram on at swift legacy podcast for updates and fun trivia